Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It is fucking, what, Tuesday? Yeah, oh my God, it feels like this week has been going on forever. I don't know if that's universal, but oh boy, it's been a busy one for me. It has been a long ass day. I am currently driving around in my dad's new old car uh, because it's used. That used to be one of my favorite jokes of uh, the late great Harris Whittles. He used to have a joke about shopping at Goodwill. And he's like, I like shopping at Goodwill because when someone compliments your shoes, you can be like, thanks. Well, no, I'm fucking it up. I'm so bad at repeating people's jokes. He goes, do you like my new shoes? They're old. <laughs> it was something like that. Fuck. I fucked it up. It doesn't matter. R.I.P. He's rolling in his goddamn grave right now. Or maybe he's was cremated. I don't know. Um, I should know. I wanted to visit his grave. I, I need... I'm, I'm actually going to go visit the grave of my friend who killed himself in high school. I just, like, Googled him the other night. And the only thing... Like, when you kill yourself in high school, like especially in 2001 there's there was no internet right like there was but like there's no documentation that this guy was alive except the fact that he's dead which is the weirdest thing because when you google this guy's name all that comes up is a picture of a gravestone because i guess people like go to the grave sites and just take pictures of them like like citizens take it upon themselves to like document grave sites which thank god so I saw his headstone and I was like reminded like, oh, maybe I'll just go and, and talk to it. And like, I'm getting more spiritual. If you've been paying attention to this podcast, I've been praying recently. And I always like the idea of like talking to someone's grave. I've always wanted to have like a Forrest Gump type moment. I don't think I've ever done it. I think I went looking for his grave like 10 years ago and um, couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, I might do that. I tried to go see Harris's when I was in Houston the last time. Harris Whittles is a comedian who died, um, I think, like, five years ago, six years ago. But when I was in Houston, it was, like, flooding, and uh, you couldn't go anywhere, so I couldn't make it. But, um, yeah. What was I talking about? Whoa, it's been a long day. I am delirious. Like, honestly, it's like I'm drunk podcasting right now because I am so out of it. Um, But I'm driving around. That's not good to say that I'm drunk podcasting and I'm like, and I'm driving, but I am driving because there's just nowhere for me to be right now. This is when my own home would really be good to have because my parents are having over people tonight. Their friends are driving through Missouri, I guess, on their way somewhere else. And so they're stopping through and they're throwing a little dinner party out on the back porch. And um, I had to do a voiceover audition for a cartoon. And I usually say that I'm going to, audition for things and then I just like never do it I'm driving past a cop can you get busted for podcasting while driving oh good he drove the other way I am holding a microphone but one hand is steadily on the the wheel I bet this could be used in a a court of law to arrest me because it is technically distracted driving but I have no other choice I can't sit idly in the car with the with the car on because my dad gets mad because that hurts the environment more than just driving I guess there's just something in my head about like I can't sit in a parking lot and have the car on but it's too hot right now in St. Louis to just sit in a car without it on and also I kind of have to pee really bad and for whatever reason driving distracts me from that fact and I can't go home because the dinner party 
Um, I did record a podcast earlier with my dad, but my recording equipment all sucks and I was recording on Zoom and you can't hear yourself on Zoom. So then I listened back to it and it was like popping the whole time. We had a good conversation. It was unsalvageable. Unfortunately, he was so mad because my mom, when she's, I don't know if your mom does this, but like whenever there's company coming over, like my mom freaks out and is just like kind of in the worst mood ever because she's just like stressed out about making the house look presentable and cooking the dinner. And like she does everything around the house. Today I asked her to describe herself because I was writing a synopsis of the reality show that I'm pitching tomorrow. Today, when you're hearing this, I'm currently Zooming with different networks and pitching the reality show that I would, um, that I might be making pretty soon. I think it's going to sell. I have high hopes. But if it doesn't, I'm totally fine not doing a reality show. I already feel like I reveal too much of myself. No one needs to see this in live action. Or maybe they do. Um, who knows what will happen. But uh, I, was, I was writing a, a biography for my mom today. I had so much to do today. I was writing... Try this. Try to write a biography for your parents and just describe them in a way that like really captures who they are for the sake of a, a TV show that you were trying to put together. By the way, my mom wants to back out of this reality show. She's like, there are going to be cameras in the house. Okay, well, then you're getting me a maid. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a maid. I didn't sign on for this, Nick. What are, what are they going to film? And I'm like, mom, it hasn't even sold yet. And most of the show is about me moving out. So once I move out, you won't even be on the show. And and it'll just be this. It'll be you arguing with me about something that you already agreed to do and then going back on it and me getting mad at you and then us yelling at each other in the kitchen. That's that's the show. Um, it's called Ar Nikki Glaser Arguments in, in the Kitchen, uh, which could fill up a whole fucking miniseries uh, with how often we're all bickering in the kitchen um, lately. It's been just kind of... Uh, very anxious around the house recently. I'm not helping by any means, but I did ask my mom to describe herself. And uh, she goes, a cranky bitch. <laughs> and I was like, noted. And I wrote it in. I was like, a self-described cranky bitch. And I go, but can you blame her? She's holding this house together. I mean, she really is. She does all the cleaning, all the cooking. I really, you know, I clean up after myself. I straighten up, but I'm not doing any like deep cleaning. You guys know that. And I probably should. Um, but I don't, I really don't have time. It's so funny that people say that all the time. Like they don't have time. Like today I did not, ha I mean, I haven't had a second to do anything today. I woke up and went to a coffee shop to, to work on my act because I need to fucking work on jokes. I need to work on my act. I need to put it together. I'm going on the road Thursday. It is now Monday. It's, uh, and I'm also headlining, Wednesday night at the Funny Bone in St. Louis. I just decided before I go out and take this show on the road, I need to do one like headlining set locally. So I'll be performing Wednesday night at the Funny Bone. If you want to go, tickets are on sale right now. And as always, tickets are on sale for the drive-in shows and the and the lawn shows I'm doing this weekend. I am really excited about it. And once I do, I feel like I'll feel really good once I do one headlining set on Wednesday night. And then I just. It's so funny how you could be at the top of your game and then take a couple months off and you feel like a complete, like, like, what do I do even? Like, I, I honestly don't, I feel like an open micer again. I feel like I'm, a, the, when I first started comedy, I was like, like three months in, maybe not even that, but I used to go up to Stanford and Sons in um, Kansas City and I would do like three minutes. That was the open mic. It was three minutes every other week on a Tuesday. And one week I was there and I had a good set. Like I had one-liner jokes. I was pretty funny. 
But for three minutes, anyone can be funny. And I just had one-liners, you know? And for in three minute one-liners, right? So I got booked by this... There was a guy there that was there to, like, scout talent to do to host shows not host shows but headline shows at his college i remember it was like southeast missouri state university and it was to headline seven orientation shows over seven weeks so i and he booked me to do it and i got paid like i think fifteen hundred dollars for all seven gigs which was like just insane money to me at the time and i could not turn it down i mean like that's the thing you you can't turn down opportunities when they're presented to you and that's why so often people get so Comedians get so mad at young comics who get opportunities. And it's like, do you want them to turn it down? Is that what you want? Because networks are dumb enough to give these people opportunities. You're supposed to turn it down. It's not their fault that they're not ready for it. And maybe you're saying, yeah, turn it down. I mean, I, I really struggled with that. When I did Last Comic Standing, um, when I was in college, and I was not... All I wanted was just to have a good showing for the audition and, and get a couple jokes on. I didn't expect to like move on or like actually compete on the show. And I really only did it. And people always say this, but I really did it because my friends were like, Nick, you have to. And me and like 10 guys from the Kansas City comedy scene drove out to Chicago and auditioned for Last Comic Standing in 2006 and stood out in the cold, waited in line, auditioned, and then I moved on. And I, I had no business moving on. I was so new to comedy. And I remember getting invited to go to L.A. for the semifinals. And I remember talking to a comic friend of mine who I think was just jealous. And I remember him being like, I wouldn't accept it. You're just not ready. There's no way you can compete against these guys. Like, it's embarrassing. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It is embarrassing. So I was going to I was part of me was going to turn it down. But I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not like I'm not tricking anyone like they know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, it's not my fault. They asked me to do it. And they're. I, the money's good. The exposure's good. I, I feel like I can handle what they're asking of me, so I'm going to do it. But, man, when I got asked to do those college shows, that was, like, it was so bad, you guys. I had to do, like, 30 minutes, and I had f maybe five minutes. I brought my friends to open for me and uh, obviously paid them, and I asked them to, like, fill part of the time. But I just got it together, man. I mean, it, I made it work. It wasn't a complete failure, but I remember it being very uncomfortable. I mean, it was like parents' weekend. And I was doing abortion jokes, like, almost only. Like, I was just doing jokes that were trying to be Sarah Silverman about pushing my mom down the stairs, about um, cutting myself. I mean, like, every joke was, like, the darkest shit you've ever heard. And, and Kansas City really had some really dark comics. Like, I mean, that town really made you a filthy, dirty comic. And so does St. Louis. I mean, back in the day, people were just talking, just trying to do the most shocking material. And I was leading the pack in, the, in that sense. I just, I, I loved how just disturbing you could be with jokes. So I was doing these shows, and that's how I feel right now. I really feel as anxious doing an hour of material, which I've done um, thousands of times. And I was confidently headlining a theater tour in um, February and then into March and having so much fun, feeling so good about myself. And then cut to August and all of a sudden I feel like, can I even do this? Do I know how to do this? And of course I do. It'll come back to me. But I'm, I'm terrified all over again. Like I'm truly like having stress dreams, really just... And the thing is, if the shows go terribly, if the worst thing happens and I bomb and everyone drives away from the drive-in theater, um, why is someone going to write it up in the local paper and then maybe some people talk about how I bombed and then fucking, who cares? Like, I, if you just follow 
the thought and see exactly what could like if you follow it to its conclusion of like your biggest fear and what could happen in the end it's really not that bad so um and i won't bomb i have great material that people haven't heard i've written new stuff since the pandemic i wrote a bunch of one-liners the other night because mitch Hedberg inspired me i've got some I'm, I'm excited and then i've got the song with my dad that is going to bring down the goddamn house and possibly get me canceled because it is so weird it's so weird I really can't wait for you guys to see it. I will try to find a way to um, put it on something and, and, and let you guys know, but uh, or like put it on my Instagram at some point. And I'm taking singing lessons to learn how to sing because it's, we're basically, if you haven't heard, I think I told you I'm doing the, the song Shallow, you know, the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga song. And I can hit all the notes. I can't even believe it. Like I, because I took a singing lesson. I took two singing lessons. I'm going for a third time. I think tomorrow. And, um, and I am, and she, what she taught me, which is just a good lesson in general is just don't be scared of sounding bad. Don't be scared because the, the reason you sound bad when you try to hit a note and you break and it doesn't sound good is the tension from feeling scared. So that causes you to tense up and your throat to like, and so that, that actually makes you do bad. So if you just belt it out and believe you can hit it it actually happens i can't believe it because i actually can hit it and i sound pretty good for being like a bad singer like i'm not a good singer and i i'm it's not like i'm a bad singer but i'm 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 a i'm not like great or i i, I no one would ever describe me as great i'm mediocre but i i actually feel like not humiliated to to do this song and i'm really trying to sound like lady gaga when i sing it i need to work on that impression because I really think I can, um, I really think I can sound like her. My sister sent me this clip of her singing um, that song at a table read for Shallow. Not that's not the name of the movie. A Star Is Born, where she's. Oh no, my sister didn't send it. Some some fan sent it on uh, DM'd it to me. It was a TikTok of her sitting at this table. It was so awkward. It's supposed to be like inspiring and like wow. My timer's going off. I'm ready to wrap this up. But it was supposed to be like, oh my God, wouldn't you kill to be sitting at this table? And by the way, a table read is when like all the actors from the movie like sit around a table. You've seen it and read the script before you film it. And she's like belting out this song and giving like way too much energy to it. And it's kind of awkward. I watched it and was like, like it was a little showy. And then Bradley Cooper's just like gazing at her. Like, I'm pretty sure those two had sex. And I only said pretty sure because I'm scared that it might get back to them that I think they definitely had sex. Like I would bet, I would bet my my life. And that doesn't mean a lot most days because I'm, some days I, I don't want to be alive, but today it means something because I'm in a great mood. <laughs> but they definitely had sex. They definitely have. I, I just the that Oscar performance. Do you remember when they were on the, at the Oscars and they performed that song and they were like dry humping each other on that piano bench with his baby mama glaring at him from the third row? I mean, that was just so insane. All right, I um, I gotta uh, I gotta probably like pull over and because I want to read you guys a, an email I got, and I'm definitely not gonna do that driving, even though I'm tempted to do so, uh, but not gonna do that. I'm gonna pull over so I can read you um, an interesting DM I got following up from the Joe Rogan experience, which I'm still getting flooded, flooded with. I mean, I really think that we have a crisis in our nation of depression and anxiety. 
I, in fact, I know it's it, the, the evidence I have from my DMs of how much people resonated with what I said. I don't even rem- like I said, I don't remember what I even said on there that like struck people so hard. But everyone is losing their goddamn mind during this time. But I did get a very specific uh, DM from someone that I want to share with you. And I, I think you're going to find it to be uh, quite hilarious. And I don't know what to make of it, but it's it's freaky. So uh, after this, I will share that with you. Okay, so we're back. And I am still driving, but I'm going to wait to share that DM with you until I pull up to my parents' house and I'm parking. But um, I'm headed back home now. Oh, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, since living at home with my parents, they haven't had their friends over that often. And, um, so I haven't had to deal with like company coming over with my roommates, which is one of the most annoying things about having roommates is when they have their friends over and you're not friends with them and you have to hang out with people you don't want to hang out with or like have people in your place that you don't want to hang out with. And, um, it's going to get weird here pretty soon. If I stay longer than I just don't know what to do. You guys, can I just talk you through what I'm dealing with? So I could go back to New York. I have an apartment there. I mean, I'm still trying to rent it. People are still looking at it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, someone rents it because I am spending so much money every month on rent that I am not making right now, but it's okay. I've made peace with it. Would be nice to get someone in there, though. Would be really, really nice. But a part of me is like, oh, maybe I just moved back there. Um, and then I read an article that says New York is dead. New York City is dead. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was... Um, or if you even care, a lot of you, if I wasn't like uh, associated with New York in any way, I'd be like, I don't care, Nikki, about New York being dead. But um, some people are saying it's dead forever. This one guy wrote an article on LinkedIn, which I didn't even know you could write articles, but it's kind of gone, gone viral. Actually, um, Rogan referenced it the other day during our interview, and I read it today, and it really does make a good case for the fact that New York is dead and it's not coming back from this. And uh there was a part of me that was like wanting to hear that because I don't want to go back really because I'm scared to go back and I don't want to go back to a city that's, you know, yeah, it's alive, but it's like barely alive and it will come back, but it'll be years in there. You could go back, but it's not as great as it could be, you know, but then Jerry Seinfeld, I guess today wrote an article about how New York city is not dead and it's very much alive and it'll be okay. And everything's going to be great. His evidence wasn't as strong, I will say, for why it will be, it will come back. It was more like, because this guy that was saying New York is dead is saying like, hey, hey, there's no reason to have people working in the financial district anymore. Like there's nobody there to work in Manhattan because offices don't, they don't need offices. Everyone can work from Zoom. Da, 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 da. Jerry Seinfeld saying like, no, no one likes doing that. This As soon as we're able to go back to the way it was, people are going to want to be in offices again and um he had many other arguments too but um i don't know i think it's kind of like he's jerry seinfeld says he's never going to leave new york ever 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 and i'll just that'll be nice since we'll see if that stands the test of time um i have a feeling we're gonna see that exact line or i will see it on my reddit because i follow a thread called aged like milk it's a subreddit where things like tweets that you know, there the other day there was the tweet from Ellen where she said I'm it was from ages ago, but she said I made one of my staff members cry today and I loved it. And she was talking about a woman she made cry because she like granted some wish, but it, it in retrospect it just sounds really bad given everything about Ellen. So it's like it's called Age Like Milk. It's a great subreddit just to see th- statements people made that are so contradictory to their behavior now. And I bet Jerry Seinfeld's statement, I'm never leaving New York. 
might age like milk. I don't know. I, I it, so yeah, I was thinking about going back the other day. Um, someone got in my ear about it and was like, why don't you just go back to New York? Because I was telling someone about how much I was struggling emotionally and I was all over the place. And I don't think going back to New York where it's like kind of scary and homeless people are like spitting on you and all the restaurants are closed and like this guy in the article that was saying New York is dead. He was like, my favorite restaurant closed, my second favorite restaurant closed, my third favorite restaurant closed, my fourth. And like he was going down the list. He was like, all of them are closed. I, I don't know if I want to go back to that. And I don't have any furniture in my goddamn apartment. I have to get so much furniture if I go back to, which is causes me so much stress because I want to get nice things. But then a part of me is like, I want to just get junky things because I'm going to move right away. And I don't want to make final decisions about furniture yet when I'm not going to stay in a place for a really long time. And then it stresses me out to get shitty furniture because then I'm going to have to move and I'm going to have to get rid of it. And I don't want to contribute to landfills by having shitty furniture, which I'll probably just end up throwing out because I won't find someone to get it because no one lives in New York anymore. You get it. So... My dad did send me that Seinfeld article, though. I literally woke up this morning to a text from my dad, and it was that article, that New York is still alive. And I'm like, uh, point taken, Dad. Because it's true. I think it's going to get rough living at home here um, if at, under my parents' roof. I just don't want to get to the point where they, like, kick me out, you know? I might go to—I might be going to L.A., but I'm also scared to move out there prematurely. Um, because it's also scary there and I don't know exactly where to move and, and moving is like stressful, especially right now. So I don't know guys, I'm, I don't even know what I'm asking. Please don't offer me advice because I, I really can't take anymore, but I just wanted to talk about my situation. I don't know what to do. I looked at a furnished apartment here the other day with my dad. My mom couldn't go cause her body was hurting her too much. So my dad and I went and the realtor, remember the one that was like, reluctantly was like I'll be your friend and I almost cried because it was so like sad and like just her being like nice and and like charitable in my moment of sadness she didn't know that I was a comedian um and then I saw her the other day and now she knows and she made a real she actually made a really good um effort to be friends she was like I just really need new friends you sound like you need friends can I please invite you to hang out with my friends and I want to I want to stop drinking and getting away from that lifestyle. So I want to find other things to do. And she like speaks two languages. She's traveled a ton. She has two kids. She's super cool. So I might actually have a friend in the works. It was really sweet. And my dad was like, it was my dad was just like there watching us kind of like talk about like dating. And I mean, she's married, but and smoking pot and all these things. Like it was just funny to see my dad. Like it was almost like a play date that he set up for two kids to get together and become friends. Um, but I looked at the furnished apartment. It was really, really nice in a nice part of town. It's $3,500 a month, which I'm paying double that for my place in New York. More than double that, guys. I know. I, yep, you can rewind it if you want, but that's what I said. I'm paying more than double that. And then I am going to tack on another $3,500. Like, I just don't think I want to move. I don't want another rent until either I have a lot of stable income coming in or until I find someone to, to rent my place. So why not keep living with my parents as long as I can stand it? Mm, but they definitely want me out. I can just sense it. This morning I woke up and I tried to like fucking give them a, a marriage therapy session because I don't know. I just feel like so often I'm not going to get into it with you guys, but I, I shouldn't. You should not try to p play therapist to your parents' marriage. You just shouldn't. That's not something. And I've been doing it my whole life. And it's just not my place. And finally, I kind of know that and accept it. But I can't help myself. 
I just see the lack of communication and I try to be a translator, but I end up just making them both more mad and, and they resent me and they resent each other. And it's just not a good, it's not good for anyone. And then I asked my dad to do a podcast and my mom really wants him to clean off the patio because they have company coming over. But he, he, she doesn't say anything about it because she's trying to make me happy because I needed a guest for my podcast. And then we record the podcast and it goes a little long, but it's okay. My mom's not that mad. She is kind of banging around dishes in the kitchen a little loud, which I'm kind of resentful because we're recording a podcast in the next room. And uh, she doesn't need to be that loud, but it's like it sounds like it's a little passive aggressive, but probably not. I mean, I think she just like was just making dinner, you know, and then we get off the podcast and it turns out it's unusable and she was not happy. And I go, it's not dad's fault. It's my fault. I shouldn't have asked him to do it. He's off cleaning off the patio. He's like, there's nothing to clean off. And she's like, never mind. I'll get it. And then she misplaced the beer because I guess she moved the beer from it's the, the beer's gone, guys. They had to go buy new beer. They lost the beer. There was a six pack and somehow my mom moved it when she was cleaning. Does your mom do that? Cleaning stuff and just puts things away and then doesn't remember where she put them. Does that ever happen with a six pack of beer? Okay, here I'm parked. Here's the DM I got. Hi, Nikki. Great podcast with Jay Rogan. Your first one was awesome too. I've actually done two before that, but I have to ask about the orgasm thing. Thing, if I may. I am a retired. Oh, I can't tell you what he does. I am a retired basketball player. I'll tell you that. I am a retired African American basketball player. I am six blank. It's a tall, tall man. I just don't want to be specific. And I love porn, but my thing, because everyone has a thing, LOL, is, drum roll please, neck veins. You said that you were worried about shitting everywhere. (laughs) Which, by the way, a lot of women wrote to me and said that they are also worried about shitting everywhere when they come. Which has never happened to me. Or has it? Um, He said, you said that you were worried about shitting everywhere. Is that because you push really hard during sex or orgasm? Um... I think the, ask, the answer is I don't push. I just like feel like when you have an orgasm, your body just like lets everything go, you know? Um, he said, I hope my question isn't too wild. I just think neck veins are one of the sexiest things on the planet, especially on a woman during intimacy. Okay, so he's getting a little pervy here because he's asking about me and my neck veins, but I'll allow it because this is so fascinating and I wanted to know more. Please share your thoughts if you can. Stay safe out there and thank you for your time. I said, I've never heard of this. Thanks for sharing your kink. We're all into weird stuff. And then he followed up. Yes, it's definitely different. As I get older, I get a little bolder. There is a porn star named Elise Graves. She's got in it bondage, breath play, you name it. She's got, she's got in it. I don't know what he's saying. You might have seen her. He's a basketball player. He doesn't need to know how to write perfectly. You might have seen her. She has to be twisted to get her orgasm. However, when she does have an orgasm, she pushes so hard you can see the veins on your neck pop out like crazy. It's intense and beautiful at the same time. I'm not into blood. I'm into choking. I'm not into choking either. And like you, I'm not even into seeing women tore up. LOL, for lack of a better word. No, that's actually the perfect word. But when she had an orgasm, but when she has an orgasm, I'm all in when she does that. Smiley face. Thanks for hearing me out. Stay safe out there. Rose emoji. Um, black man thumbs up emoji. I can't, I want to know who this is. His, his name, cause he's a basketball player, right? He played, what did he say? He played, yeah. I'm a retired African American basketball player. That means that he may have played professionally. He has his number listed. Like his, his name has a number in it. And so I think I could figure out who it is, but let's look up this Elise Graves girl, shall we? Elise Graves. Let's see what she's up to with her neck veins. 
I mean, that is like a weird ass thing. I mean, I've heard of some, I mean, I've stumbled upon some really weird kinks through my porn searches, but they get so specific. I mean, if you, I would love to hear any specific things that you've heard people are into. My one friend, Jamie, who I know listens to the podcast, she once went out with a guy who wanted him to, wanted her to pie him, to like shove a pie in his face. And that would turn him on to get like pied. And that's actually a thing that many people are into. So that one was the weirdest one I had heard until neck veins. Okay, let's... Wow, Elise Graves tortured on the... Oh, this girl is getting... What the fuck, man? Oh, no, Elise. Okay, let's just read some of these titles. Blonde dominated and trampled on. Warning, extreme torment. Um, suspended bondage slave. Tremendously ticklish. Elise Graves in brutal agony porn videos. Okay, I'm going to look at this one. I'm going to turn down the volume, obviously, though. Oh, boy. Okay, she's in a thing where she's on her back, but her uh, she's in a thing that's keeping her legs over her head. Oh, this is a kink.com production for sure. Oh, she's wearing, like, a face mask. I mean, th th that's when it gets a little weird. Oh, this is actually pretty hot. Hold on. I'm just having connection issues and so is she I mean oh no what did they put on her eyes okay I'm just like zipping through she doesn't look like she's having a great time it looks like a saw movie to be honest with you guys oh he's he's putting clothespins on her eyes and she's on like a sibian and she's caught on it and she has clothespins all over her and then they ripped off all the clothespins even on her nipples and now he's hitting her with some kind of taser thing and she is really struggling and she has clothespins all over her eyes oh my god i think she's enjoying herself oh and then it gets really good hold on i don't see any neck veins though she's wearing like a choker collar oh no she has braids brutal orgasms hard metal hot women that's what it's called Maxochism is put to the test in this video as Elise Graves gives us haunting screams while enduring intense physical torment. Her back is severely arched. Well, someone's into that. While she is caned in just about every most painful spot you can think of. And that's the beginning. They forgot to put the word just the beginning. Oh, and now she's... Okay, yeah, I'll be watching this later. All right, honestly, this is kind of what I'm into. But I, I don't really see any neck veins. Wow, she is really feeling it. She looks like Ari Findling in that. I'm going to see Ari on. Oh, and then there's a video afterwards where she's smiling and sitting cross-legged and her leg is bouncing up and down. And she seems like she had a great time. Let's hear what she says. Oh, wait, we can't play that. We'll get it copyrighted. Um, yeah, all the videos I watch, there's always a post-show wrap-up. I just hate the, the nipple thing. I'm always like, don't stretch them out. Like, if anyone's ever too rough with them, I'm like, ow, now they're going to be all fucked up. Just be be gentle up there. I mean, I get some girls really like it, but for me, I'm just, I'm not into that. And they're, oh, whenever a girl is like hanging or has clamps on her nipples that are pulling them, I gotta, I gotta move on from that video. Even there, there might be really great stuff happening somewhere else. I can't take that stuff. Me no like. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast today. This was a wild one. Went on a little drive with me. I gotta go inside and uh, talk to my parents' friends. And I, I gotta pee really bad or squirt. No one knows anymore at this point. I just got kind of horny watching that video just kidding i did not get horny that is i don't ever want you guys to think that happened and i'm being honest am i no i really just have to be okay see you tomorrow squirt squirt uh oh god i just said squirt squirt uh jackpot this has been a comedy central podcast <laughs> 